Hello and welcome to edition three of the Here Be Angels podcast. My name is Richard Leeming. In early August, we were preparing to publish our planned third edition. As with the previous two episodes, it was going to be about clever, creative and interesting people using their imagination and hard work to make Peckham and East Dulwich a better and more interesting place. But then a whole load of people went and behaved in a way that was neither clever nor creative. We decided that the disturbances of August the 8th meant that we should delay our planned podcast and instead wait a while to try and assess those events from a distance. In truth, this edition has taken slightly longer to publish than I intended, for very tedious reasons, and I apologise for that. However, I hope you still find it interesting. The aim of this episode is to approach the disturbances in the same way as we've been approaching other stories from Peckham and East Dulwich, by focusing on the positive things that have come out of those riots and by looking at what needs to be done. First, though, we should remind ourselves of what it was like having the riots right outside your front door. Sarah Kazakos talked to Sally Butcher, who runs Persepolis on Peckham High Street. The first thing I knew about it was Southwark News ringing me up and saying, oh, you know, and what, have you heard the rumours about the trouble coming down the road and all of this? Um, and being a bit of a Pollyanna, I said, oh, no, we're not having any trouble in Peckham. There won't be any of that round here. Um, this was the night after the Tottenham riots. Sorry, two nights after the Tottenham riots. Um, and uh, it did occur to me that there might be writing elsewhere, but Peckham is... is it's got its own troubles and people have got better things to do, so I thought, well, you know, nothing will happen to us. Um, and so I rather poo-pooed this rather nice reporter from the Southwark News. Um, the next thing I knew was word on the street, and um, the trades in Peckham were absolutely wonderful. Um, if, if there's something going on, we know about it. There's a very good sort of system of communication, um, and it sort of travelled down the Rye and up the high street, and uh, before I knew it, we were all shutting our shutters. Um, about half an hour later, which I suppose was five, six in the afternoon, um, all hell started breaking loose. Um, there was a sound of a lot of breaking glass, buses screeching to a halt, and then riot police appeared out of nowhere. Uh, I have to say they were absolutely wonderful. Um, they seemed to have tactics in place, they seemed to know what they were doing, they seemed to be dividing um, the looters, and although they weren't entirely successful because properties were damaged, um, I think that the damage here was absolutely minimal. And it got off Know, quite lightly compared with other parts of London. And you were tweeting throughout the uh, experience, so a lot of us felt like we were following your experience of it. Well, I, yeah, I was really, really frightened. Um, my my family-in-law, we stay above, live above, um, and we were on the property, and, and I was thinking when I was watching the riots in Tottenham um, and hearing about shopkeepers watching their shops go up, and I was thinking, well, that must be awful because you're not there and you're not on your property and you're not able to, to take care of things and in retrospect uh, we were here and we were inside the property and it was terrifying, really terrifying. Um, we had very very good shutters and the looters I can now, I now realise looking around went for the shops without shutters um, but at the time I didn't know what was going on and I thought well I, I can either stand and whimper pathetically behind the shutter or I can sit and tweet it, which might be quite useful because there must be a lot of people who aren't on the high street who are frightened to come out, who don't know what's going on. Um, and that really took my mind off things. So, uh, Did everybody pull together? Was there a sense of community? Um, well, very much so. I mean, um, well, during the rioting, uh, nothing much was going on. I mean, everybody... Obviously, obviously, the rioters weren't after individuals. This was sheer materialistic damage and greediness. Um, and there was a lot of mindless vandalism and then there was also a lot of looting but there were all the time there were spectators in the street documenting it and taking pictures so 
Um, obviously there were some people who were there just to sightsee, which was a bit disheartening. Um, but as soon as the sort of writing died down, and especially the next day, um, the sense of community was fabulous. It always has been in Peckham. I've lived in lots of places, uh, and I'm not a Londoner born and bred, and I've lived in lots of places and countries, and Peckham is the best community, without any doubt, anywhere. And that was no more in evidence on the day after the riots when, yes, there were ladies going along with brooms and, and um, the wonderful Southwark Wall of Love um, sprang up and, yeah, great place. How has it affected the community? Have there been positive developments and good things to come out of it? Um, Peckham is very resilient. It tends, by definition, um, to be full of people who've suffered a lot and who've travelled to get here. Um, and it's a solid community and I don't think that that's changed, I don't think it's, it could be any better anyway. Um, but there is very much a sense of, you know, we're, we're not going to be moved, we won't be overturned by this, um, we won't be beaten by this. Um, and I have noticed, I mean, the, the sort of outpouring of concern from my own customers the next day was really touching. Um, I'm sure all shops locally have had that. So it, it, I think, if anything, it served simply to reinforce people's sort of knowledge and, and care for their local shops. I'm hoping it encourage more local shopping. As Peckham drew its breath after the riots, I first talked to Rowena Davis, councillor for the Lane Ward. She witnessed the events on Rye Lane and we met at Poundland by the now famous Peace Wall. Well, it's quite amazing actually because we're obviously standing right near on Rye Lane now and the picture that's here of just like the community out, the music happening, people kind of laughing and walking around feeling safe in their area is so different what it was like um, that night when I was down. I got a call about five, six o'clock saying that there was trouble going on, came straight down. Um, just to give you like a bit of a flavour it, I mean like this whole road was completely closed off. Um, I came and there were just shops, just shattered glass everywhere. Shop after shop after shop had been broken into and hit. There were people watching out of these windows that you can see above us now, just terrified because they weren't sure if anyone was going to set fire to the shops below them. Um, people kicking in doors below them where they live with their families. Um, there was a barricade here of loads of people just shouting and goading on um, protesters who were coming into the shop, um, chucking out like t-shirts full of burnt, like burning material that was here. I mean, it was just I can't. I mean, even now the kind of emotions running so high, it was quite a terrifying experience. I was about to say you were very scared, were you? I was actually, um, and I was. I've been here, you know. Um, you know, I've been on the kind of student protests and covered them for the work I do and things like that, but this was a whole different level. I mean, there were no boundaries here. Like, people just, you know, people breaking into a pharmacy and going into the back of it to steal the prescriptions. I mean, you can't really get much lower than that. Um, and, and I was, I was actually scared several times for my own physical safety. Like, I was, I was for example, one of the few things I could do as a counsellor at that time was to document things, um, was to document things and ask if people were okay and... And you know, even when I was photographing what was happening, I had people coming up to me being like, you know, you're going to get stabbed if you're taking photos of people in, the, in that way. While they're doing that, they're going to grab your phone, they're going to steal it, and they're going to, they're going to run. But the piece you wrote for the Liberal Conspiracy blog, uh, almost the same day, talked about how um, while the riots were going on, there were people who were trying to stop things, calm things down, tell kids that they should be doing it. Even people taking um, burning T-shirts out of the shop to stop the shop being burning alive. So, you know, the, it wasn't all one way, was it? Like, let's just say I am more proud of Peckham now than I ever have been before because the community response was phenomenal. I mean, the individual acts of bravery I saw that night, like literally kind of a grandma shouting at kids, being like, this is your home. 
what the hell are you doing? There's nowhere else to go. Like risking our own safety to be able to challenge that kind of behaviour. Um, like women just saying, no, this is my dress shop. What the hell are you doing? Like picking, snatching the kind of stolen dresses off people and then putting them back in the shop and back on the rails. Um, you know that those kind of scenes they they really really stick with me and um, you know and the next day when I came came back quite late and then came back early in the morning and by nine o'clock in the morning like all of the shop windows had been boarded up um, so, so that they weren't unsafe anymore um, we had people coming up with brooms and like offering to help and like everybody wanting to get involved in the massive cleanup um, event that was there um, and then in the afternoon there was a meeting of about 100 community leaders um, all came together saying we were the buffer last night what are we going to do about this um, this is not good enough for us this is not our space and even now to this present day like what sort of six days later we're standing outside the peck of peace wall which was just set up by a few people in the local community who got hold of a board that was on one of the broken windows on poundland and just offered people in the community post-it notes to write their own messages for peace and stick up and so now we're standing right by this huge multicolored board of um of messages with the most inspiring things you know like we lock peckham peckham rocks <laughs> don't do god this. bless peckham god bless peckham like love know, each other exactly um losers are losers yeah. you know it's just um it's just phenomenal and it, and it really is the kind of silent majority and testament to a different type of expression yeah. um which i think is, is really powerful and really inspiring but yeah now we're beginning to look at um why this has happened and there's a, a national debate raging as to not only why it happened but what should happen to the, the people involved. Tell me from your perspective what do you think is, are, are the causes of this? I think that's a very difficult question. I mean um, I think politicians who are coming out and pontificating about exactly what the solution should be um, should be very aware that they didn't predict that this could happen. They had no idea that there was this level of unrest just below the surface and I think it takes a little bit of humility to stand back and just say, wow, how, how disconnected are we? Um, you know, and, I, and I woke up the morning after the riots, um, exhausted, had just heard Theresa May on the Today programme and she just made me so angry by sounding so cold and distant and disconnected and I just felt like you weren't there last night, you don't know these people. I don't think it's a coincidence that these riots are happening in some of the poorest areas, the areas where there's the highest unemployment. Nonetheless, these were criminal acts, and what uh, response do you think the justice system should um, take to people who are found guilty? We're already seeing some sentences handed out, and they seem to be quite severe ones. Do you think that's the right approach? I think it is appropriate to discipline where someone's crossed a boundary. You don't say it's just not acceptable. There's vulnerable people here who are put at risk as a result of stupid behaviour. And you have to say, that's not right, that's not acceptable. There will be consequences if you go this far. But that's one side of the story. The other side of the story is to say, that path is wrong. Side two is, this is the one that's right, and this is the opportunity to follow a path that's right. Wandsworth Council um, has taken the rather eye-catching step of uh, serving an eviction notice on the family of a, uh, a teenage uh, person who has been charged in connection with the Clapham Junction riots and not yet convicted. Do you think Southwark Council should be taking a similarly hard line on, on people connected uh, with these events last week? I haven't talked to my fellow council members about that, but on a purely personal level, I would say that that sounds like an incredibly naive and impractical and quite dangerous policy that could be quite counterproductive. Um, I mean, just on a, on a very practical note, um, since when do we punish an adult or a family because of the behaviour of one child? Um, I mean, I know from just talking to the people in this ward that a lot of the family members couldn't get home to check where their kids were because the police barricades had already gone up. I mean. To, 
you know, the idea that you should just blame parents for this or blame a whole family because of the outcome of one child who is part of a bigger society and subject to the influences of everyone around them, it just seems completely absurd. And if you make people homeless or destitute, are they more or less likely to commit crime? And let's talk about the, the role of the police here as well. I mean, this is a very tricky one because Labour nationally is making uh, quite a big play about uh, the police cuts and uh, uh, the London Mayor Boris Johnson is arguing with uh, the Cabinet about it. Yet, it did seem to be some uh, police mistakes which uh, caused the initial spark in Tottenham. So, so how do we play uh, policing in, in this community? What should the police be doing now? Well, there's two issues that you've raised there. The first one is whether the actions of the police were good on that night, and the second is whether we need more or less police. Um, now, my response is to say, yes, there were police mistakes made on that night. I called 999 twice. The first time, no one picked up because the phone lines were so jammed. The second time, it took them 20 minutes to come, and there was massive looting, waves and waves of looting in the, in the vacuum that was left by them. Um, so, you know, police do make mistakes. But I've also seen, locally, particularly in Peckham, that the Safer Neighbourhood team is absolutely phenomenal. Their relationships with the community are brilliant. They're always there when I need them and I contact them and ask them to do things on behalf of constituents. They've been a wonderful source of support. Um, and you, you can't have a Conservative government. It doesn't make sense in their own terms to talk about enforcing more authority and more discipline whilst you're having to cut police numbers. It just doesn't seem consistent by their own standards. And so, final question, are you confident that Peckham as a community can uh, move on from this? I have never been so proud of Peckham as I am in the, the few days after the, the riots. I know, I don't think, I know that they can get over this. And, um, you know, we're just about to go now to um, a, like a peace meeting uh, in the local church All Saints and I know that there'll be a phenomenal turnout for that and I, I know from the emotion running high here and the people that you talk to and the strangers embracing shopkeepers on the streets that there's a real feeling now that this can't happen again and that we are the silent majority and the very, very good people of Peckham and I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of them and they they really moved me and, and I think that there is really a moment now, quite a precious moment to try and make the most and make something good come out of all of the devastation that's happened. And that moment is being seized. More than 50 people attended a meeting of civic community and faith leaders at All Saints Church on Blenheim Grove to share ideas about what happens now. More on that in a bit. One key contributor was Marilyn Ross, the deputy head of Southwark's Inclusion Unit, which helps young people stay in education. I think it was a really good meeting and it was um, lovely to see so many different people from across Peckham, local um, churches, local people who actually lived in Peckham for so long, and also, what's most importantly, the number of community groups that are already working very hard with young people, um, from, from street pastors to mentoring, and um, you know, where people actually are already concerned about the young people in Peckham and also the Peckham community. Your message was that young people get bad press in Peckham, but they're not necessarily indicative of... The of the vast mass of people? No, we, we do get a bad press in Peckham, but I think young people after the last week's events are going to get an even worse um, press and we need to really be very careful in terms of the way that we are now going to vilify certain sections of, um, of young people, um, whether it's ethnically, whether it's um, from, by sex, as in male, you know, there are, and also by poverty or area of people where people live. But the things that went on last week, um, it's multi-layered. It wasn't a shock to me. I was, it was shocking to watch, 
but it wasn't a shock really to understand that we're coming from a society that is very unhappy but also very greedy and that's really from the top downwards and people see that and young people see that and yeah they, there's a lack of authority the fact that they very they felt that they could they could do it practically what do we do now to stop this happening again what do we do to stop it happening again well i think um it won't there's a lot of things that the that parliament would do to stop it happening again not that i necessarily agree with it the very iron fist heavy handed you know riot you know shields and water cannon thing response um, but I think uh, meetings like this happened in terms of understanding the community better and also um, there needs to be a lot of healing, healing of young people and listening to young people and listening to parents as well because parents were very heavily affected by this. Their young people um, have now turned into villains through answering a text on their phone and realising how easy it was, or they felt it was easy to break the law and take the law into their own hands. Um, so what practically needs to happen now, there needs to be a lot of healing of those young people who now find themselves on the wrong side of the law, the other side of the law, when they could just easily have been bored. Um, but also support for support for government policy to make sure to make sure that the right government policy those who are and the right voices are heard in in Parliament and the right message from meetings like this, streets like this, about community and, and what's really happening with our young people. And the mood of this meeting was about healing, was about understanding. What do you therefore say to the people out there who are angry about this, who want an authoritarian reaction, who want to see stiff court sentences, use of water cannon, all those suggestions that have been made by a lot of people who, who think that what happened last week was completely out of order? It was completely out of order. I was scared. I was angry. I really want authority to be restored. Who wouldn't? But, but our young people, I think, have been... Um, there's a generation that brought up where um, a lot of parents feel that they, their power has been taken away. And the children know this. They know that the fact is that really, that, um, you know, they may have come from a very strict culture of parenting where suddenly parents are not allowed to parent out traditionally, you know. And, um, but... But I, I actually think there needs, from the communities, the churches, the schools, the mentoring system, the youth service, that there is good authority. And there needs to be a building up of what is good authority and the standard of what is good authority, what is good parenting, what is good teaching, what is good policing, and also what is good government as well. No one I spoke to at the meeting wanted to offer excuses for the disturbances or to find an easy way out. Everyone recognised there's a very big difference between excusing the riots and looting and wanting to seek out explanations. After all, if you don't understand why something's happened, it's hard to find a solution. Marilyn's description of good authority chimed with Charles Britton from the charity NACRO, which helps rehabilitate people who've been to prison. These young people are young people. They are the way they are because of what we've done. It's not their mistakes, it's our mistakes that we need to look at and see where we've gone wrong. In the meeting you were talking about a lack of boundaries. How do we set decent, proper boundaries for people? We said a lot of the meetings about parents and teachers feeling disempowered and that they are unable to actually discipline the young people. Young people have been given rights without responsibilities. 
okay, and a lot of young people are asking for things and expecting things instantaneously without actually earning them. So responsibilities is very important. Then. This is it's extremely important. Okay, they don't earn things. They deserve. They feel they have a right to things without actually earning them. And as a result of this meeting, are you hopeful? This is step one. There are people in there that are concerned that are in our community, but who weren't there were the young people. It's pretty hard to coordinate more than 50 people in a room talking about something as contentious as the riots, but chaired with considerable skill by John Mortimer, the Vicar of All Saints, the meeting came up with some key principles. Among them is a recognition that Peckham's diversity is one of its strengths, and that much good work is already being done, especially by charities like XLP, whose chief executive, Patrick Regan, helped organise the meeting. We're doing a, a whole host of things, from working onto estates. We've got two double-decker buses that travel onto estates um, every afternoon of the week. We have intervention programmes, supporting young people to stay in education. We have um, works in schools, literacy programmes, arts programmes. And, and that's the point, isn't it? There are so many amazing things going on in this community. And what we really need to do now is get behind them, support them in the amazing work they do. Not just XLP, but some other amazing projects as well. And I'm asking the same question to everybody. For those who were, uh, in a sense, the victims of the riots, the victims of the looting, there's a lot of anger out there, a lot of people calling for punishment. Do you think there is room for punishment? Should we be looking at that? I think that the people that cause crimi criminality need to be punished. Justice needs to be seen to be done. Um, but what we need to do is we need to separate um, the um, criminal elements of the young people that just got wrapped up in it. And, you know, we won't be able to arrest our way out of this situation. And uh, so we need to look at long-term views and long-term solutions. And people want to feel safe in their community. Communities and uh, and that's that will ultimately make people feel safe. Um, we need strong policing. We need that, but we need both. Lots is going on. Much of it is being collated on a blog at postriotpeckham.wordpress.com. That's postriotpeckham.wordpress.com. That address is also in the notes to this podcast. The meeting ended with a packed service for peace. Doubtless, this is a subject this podcast will have to return to but hopefully we'll be concentrating on the clean-up and not on any further trouble.